0: The following audio drama is rated NC-17, for no can do if you're 17, 18, or even 21 in some states or younger. In other words, the producers of this show didn't want to be burdened with things like morality or
1: clothes. Hi, I'm Liam Garrity. I'm the producer of Petrified. Petrified is an Irish horror fiction anthology podcast from a darker Ireland. Petrified tells the chilling tales of ordinary people Encountering the supernatural and their terrifying fates This episode is called Melody's Story Hour It was recorded in front of a live audience at the London Podcast Festival Just a quick content warning This episode contains two mentions of suicide Mild language and very tense scenes You're listening to Petrified This episode... Melody's Story Hour. You're listening to Whatever Happened To with Meg Sherman and Laura Stokes. Whatever Happened To is sponsored by Unclog. Sort your inbox and get on top of your emails with Unclog. This episode, Melody's Story Hour.
2: Hi there. Greetings to all our loyal whatever's and to all our new recruits. Thank you so much for braving the mild weather to join us at this very special recording of Whatever Happened To. I'm sure you never suspect by my calm demeanor, but this is actually the first time we're doing a live show. Now, to elaborate for those listening at home, we're here in London in front of an audience of people looking to be entertained. So they know that I'm not lying, can I ask everyone in the audience to give a big cheer? <laughs> you can do better than that. Let's hear a few woohoo's. <laughs> That'll do. Um, so you heard what the man said. I'm Meg Sherman. And I'm Laura Stokes. And this is... Whatever, Whatever
0: happened, happened to you dedicated listeners know what we do. But there's a lot of people here in this theater who probably don't know our usual modus operandi. So for all of you out there staring up at me, my beautiful outfit, bought especially for this event.
2: You look great, by the way.
0: Oh, thanks, pal. So do you. Um, on this show, we do our detective work.
2: Yes, our answering machine is stuffed to bursting, with listeners asking us to track down all those one-hit wonders that never bothered the music charts again, or the TV shows that lasted for one season, and never showed up on the reruns, the books that you read but you can't find anymore. And usually, we have a great laugh. But tonight, tonight is very different. Mm. We're friends with Rebecca
0: the lovely lady who programs this festival. One evening, after a few wines, I played her the message that came through to our answering service, because it frightened me a little. Mm. And dear tipsy Rebecca said that this podcast festival was the perfect stage for it. It was still a little sunny out when she said this. There was a real party atmosphere. I was what pedantic people would call drunk. So, I said yes. I hope I don't regret it.
2: It all started with a film called Distant Drums. It all started with this. (gasps) Now, because you're all audio fans, I would guess that a few of you might be familiar with that clip. That is what's known as the Wilhelm scream. So it was first heard in the 1951 film, Distant Drums, when it tore out of a character who was dragged away by an alligator in the Everglades. That very sound, that scream, was then stored in a sound bank. They must have known they got a good one. It got its name after it was used again for a character called Private Wilhelm in the 1953 film, The Charge at Feather River. If it sounds familiar, it's because it's been used in over 400 films. It was just a little tidbit when we locked up distant drums for a listener. It was never meant to become the focus. It was never meant to open the door. I'm jumping the gun. You are. After the episode, to get our listeners involved in the detective work, we challenged them to get in touch if they could find a show or a movie that used the Wilhelm scream. Really simple, silly fun, right? Mm -hmm. We had no idea.
0: So, let's get really started, shall we? Live listeners, huddle up in your seats. If you're listening at home, pull a blanket up to your chin... If you're listening while I'm jogging in the dark, you're screwed. It's time. Let's play that mail we received to our answering service. You'll hear why it gave us the shivers.
3: Shut
4: up, shut up, shut up! Hello. I'm Edward O'Brien. I'm calling you from Avondale Avenue. I'm a real person. This is a real message. I know a show that used the Wilhelm scream, but it's not from TV. There's a radio show I heard called Melody's Story Hour. I found it one night when I was scanning through the stations, it creeped me out and I hoped I'd never hear it again. But I did. I always found it. In different places on the dial. There's a woman I know who heard it too, but she died. At least I hope she's dead. You wouldn't want to be alive after what happened to her she said she thought it was from the 80s but it's much older much much older i have a recording of this i'm sorry because you are going to be so so sorry
2: The bloody answering service cuts them off. Now, you can imagine my interest was piqued. It didn't fit the parameters of the podcast as is. Oh, no. We do happy, happy, silly stuff, but come on. like. <laughs> so step one, I looked up Ed O'Brien. There are hundreds. I looked up Edward O'Brien at the address he gave, Avondale Avenue. Turns out there's no such address. So then, I looked up the show. Melody's Story Hour. Nothing. Nothing official, anyway, but there's always something. Like, it's rare you won't find anything. This was almost rare. Lucky for our show, and not for my girlfriend, who has to sleep beside me while I sit up in bed with a laptop screen glowing on my face, I have infinite patience. I enjoy scrolling through old message boards for hours. There's always something on message boards. So there was a couple of mentions on Quora in the 2010s. Hey, has anyone ever heard of a show called Melody's Story Hour? No response. Some stuff on Reddit, some other message boards, but it was always a dead end, no one bit. And then I found five sentences that encouraged me that this thing exists. On a message board posted by Screaming Banshee a mere seven months ago at 1:45 a.m. And I quote: Does anyone remember that old-timey radio show, Melody Story Air? Used to sick, freak the damn balls off me? Underneath was a reply posted by Curious George at 2:05 a.m. Two night owls not able to sleep on message boards late at night. It read, my brother's friend used to talk about that all the time. He dead though. Little bro died in his sleep. The same minute there was a response from screaming Banshee as if they'd been watching the computer like a hawk, watching and waiting for someone to reply. In his sleep? Wow. Bro, do you think you can die from bad dreams? I get this one all the time. And it starts with that melody voice saying, hello. The very hello we just heard there, folks. Reply from Curious George 20 minutes later, obviously not as invested. Little dude's heart stopped. Said in school, his hair had turned white. Never heard the show myself. Same minute, watching the board, waiting. This. I have a tape of it recorded. Do you want to come to my house and have a listen? And then a phone number, like a phone number just posted willy-nilly on the internet, not caring who rang, maybe wanting anyone to ring. Now, I don't know if Curious rang, but I did. Not at 2 a.m. though, at 9 p.m. last month. Do you want to know what I heard? Even better, do you want to hear? It's the same thing I hear every time I ring the same vaguely disturbing thing. Let's ring it right now. Avondale Avenue. (laughs) Hello. So far, I've done all the talking. (laughs) pretty rude. So for the uninitiated, we're a small but wonderful team here at Whatever Happened To. You've already heard our brilliant producer, Liam, introduce the show. And now I would like to draw your attention to Laura Stokes, or the detective, as the fans know her. You can call me Bombshell either. I'm not picky. (laughs)
0: Laura is our secret weapon. And now people calling me a weapon—I'm not so mad about. How are you this fine night, Laura? I'm up to my eyes in work because you are a hard taskmaster. Task mistress. You're a nightmare. How about that?
2: Nightmare is a good word considering. Tell the people about yourself. Our dear Meg described earlier how she has infinite
0: patience. Now that's relatively true. Oi, oi. I, however, am obsessive. I find the stuff. She can't. Yeah, like I said, our
2: secret... Don't we- say okay. yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: So, while I'd found mention of Melody's story hour in the conversation between Screaming Banshee and Curious George online, we still hadn't found the show. What did you find, Laura? Tell these lovely people. I
0: found Avondale Avenue nice Mm. it took a bit of digging the reason why you couldn't originally locate avondale avenue is that well it's not there anymore there was a rezoning years ago town planners bulldozed a small town to the ground to build a massive motorway
2: and i take it that wasn't any time recently oh good segue Mm, thank you
0: (laughs) it was in 1986. so it's a motorway now And you're very good at pretending you don't know. Uh, It really helps with the show moving a lot. I mean, it's episode
2: 22. I've got it down. Yeah, (laughs) you sure do.
0: No, it's not a motorway. The motorway is right beside it, though. No, the exact spot where Avondale Avenue was, it's the site, and I'm not even joking here, of a massive slaughterhouse.
2: Wow. Mm. We heard a few woos there. (laughs) Did you maybe go there by any chance?
0: You know I did. Uh, it's derelict now. I had a hop fence. It's a huge building. All the cattle runs and pens are still there. And believe it or not, you can still smell the blood. It's right beside the motorway, though, so you can hear the traffic whizzing past. As I stood there in the gloom, I could imagine all the pigs waiting to be slaughtered. And then I heard the sounds of people driving by on their way to work or the beach. Oblivious that there was this house of death by the motorway. That's very evocative. Yeah, well, it's episode 22. I've got it down now. So, anyway, that left a problem with the message board. If Screaming Banshee was inviting Curious George to come over and hear the recording in his house on Avondale Avenue, that location was long gone. So, it didn't add up. No. no. I mean,
2: there's only one thing for it find
0: Curious George. So it was a case of scouring the boards, looking for other posts by the same handle. Easy enough to find, Curious was a big poster. Any entertainment-based chats, there he was. And he was disturbingly what we'd refer to as an incel. He hated the female ghostbusters. Stop! Can you believe? <laughs> we went through enough posts. Uh, he was always linking to Facebook groups. Most of them had a very few members. They were kind of niche interests, let's say. So with a bit of cross-referencing, it was easy enough to find one person who was in them all: Daniel Harrison. Curious George, George Harrison, maybe? Well, it was worth a shot. I made up a fake profile and sent him a message. I pretended that we had a lot in common, one being that we didn't have any friends, another being that appalling female Ghostbusters, of course. (laughs) And after we chatted for a while about the problems of woke popular culture, I asked him, speaking of problematic women, clunky, I know, if he'd ever heard of the Melody Story Hour. He stopped replying. Mm. Nothing for a few days. And then, lo and behold, he asked where I lived and if I wanted to meet. Hmm. According to his Facebook profile, he was 28. The person who met me for coffee did not look 28. He looked exhausted. Bone-thin, sunken eyes. He said he didn't sleep anymore, on top of other stuff. I had to listen to a lot of crap before we got to Melody. I didn't want to spook him by asking if I could record him, so I did it on the sly. Don't judge me. I'm just like you. (laughs) Anyway, the recording was terrible, so I transcribed it. We care too much about audio quality to subject you to that subpar recording. So here's the page. He said, and I quote, I rang the number on the notice board, and I heard giggling in or, and the, oh yeah. He says, I ran, rang the, notice, the number on the notice board, and screaming Banshee answered immediately. He said he lived alone, but I heard giggling in the background, impossibly high pitched. A couple of times, he giggled along with it. He used very old-fashioned words as well, end quote. Like what, I asked. Daniel said, golly, gosh, oh my. I couldn't find it on Google Maps, so he gave me the directions to Avondale. And did I have a cassette Walkman? Because it was a tape. I did have one. Then he said to make sure I came alone like a big, brave boy. When I got to where he said Avondale Avenue was, it wasn't a house, end quote. It was a slaughterhouse, right? I asked. Daniel replied, what? No. It was a playground on waste ground near blocks of flats. When I got there, the sun was going down. There didn't seem to be anyone around. Just rusty slides, rusty swings, rusty you name it, but no people. I waited there for 20 minutes and was about to give up. Then I saw the tape sitting on a stack of stones. The stack of stones, I don't know why, but it made me think of an altar. I went over and picked it up. A blank recordable cassette. Was this it? How long had it been there? You know like those monkey bar frames? I just sat underneath it and put the tape in the Walkman. I turned it on and heard this like creepy little voice saying hello. And that's when the foot scraped against the back of my neck. I looked up. There was someone sitting on top of the monkey bars right over me who had been there all the time I was there. Over 20 minutes, watching me, completely silent. My heart froze. I couldn't make them out properly because the sun was behind them. We sat there, not speaking. I heard a plane overhead. So did they. So they looked up into the sky to watch it pass. But when they looked up, their head just kept going back and back, and then it fell completely back, resting between their shoulder blades. It's a dummy, I thought. It has to be some kind of dummy. And then it started to climb down the bars. I took off leaping over the rocks, scaling a railing in seconds. I could hear it running after me all the way, the rhythmic thump of its head slapping against its back. I looked behind me, sorry I did. I immediately thought of Lot's wife. This is where it gets me. This is where it will lift its head back into place and look at me. But there was nothing there, nothing. Every bone in my body was shaking. I decided I was never, ever going to speak about that moment or think about it ever again. And I went straight home and put the tape on again and again and again. End quote. He started laughing hysterically here, but he was also crying. (laughs) I needn't tell you, Meg. Now I was dying to know what was on that tape. Daniel said... It was a show, just a children's radio show, about a girl called Melody that lived in a little town and talked to all the neighbors who dropped by and told sunny stories. It sounded really old, like the 1950s or 1960s or something. And she used old-fashioned words like golly and gosh and oh my, end quote.
2: Tell the lovely people what we have for them. And
0: Get ready, folks. Curious George shared the recording he had of Melody's story hour. He transferred it to an audio file. He said it's impossible to be exact, but from the quality and the mentions he'd found of the show dating back decades, it must be at least 70
2: years old. At least. Okay, all. Listen up. It's Melody's Story Hour.
5: Hello. I'm Melody, and you're all my friends. Oh, golly, it's the most beautiful day in Tiny Town. Did you know it's the loveliest, funnest place in the whole wide world? It is. Everyone wants to live here, and the good news is there's room for all. We can fit you. If we have to mash you up into a ball, we'll fit you. If we have to pull out all your bones, we'll fit you. we'll fit you. If we have to take out the little bright spark they call a soul. We'll fit you. Oh, there's somebody at my door. It's Bert, the postman. Sometimes he brings babies tied up with strings.
2: OK, we'll stop it there mm-hmm. for a moment. Um, so <laughs> it's obvious that Melody's a fruitcake. And this isn't (laughs) appropriate for younger audiences, especially at that time. What what we were saying, it was 70 years old, Mm, right? Yeah. Okay, there was a moment at the very end of the clip. Did anyone catch it? A scream? Mm. Well, we isolated the audio, so let's listen to it again. So, we reverse-searched the sound.
0: It's actually kind of well-known in certain circles. This is the captured scream of Philip Rush. It was recorded by a news crew just before Rush jumped off a balcony after starting a fire in his apartment in 1998. And apparently, Melody's story hour was made far before 1998.
2: But that isn't the only odd inclusion, right? There are quite a few throughout. And there's one that, well, for our purposes, was particularly disturbing.
0: It's when Mr. Muffin, the baker, makes an appearance. Uh, Let's play it, and you'll see if you find something familiar. We're
5: having a tea party today. And it's not a party with a cake. Let's see. But Mr. Muffin is home. Oh, Mr. Muffin. Isn't there anybody at the counter? <laughs> my, oh, my, this won't do. I'm in a hurry. <laughs> Muffin. Yes? That's not how you greet customers.
4: I'm sorry, what do you want?
5: Oh goodness, you can do better.
1: How, how can I tantalize your taste buds with a very special sweet treat?
5: Mm. I want a big cake covered in gooey chocolate.
2: I mean, it's Edward O'Brien. Like I'm sure it's Edward O'Brien.
5: Hmm.
0: Well, I wasn't at first because it can be any voice. People sound familiar and the quality isn't perfect. So I thought Meg could not be right. But this convinced me. And
4: where should it be delivered?
5: Oh, you know where I live, Mr. Muffin. You've been there before, now. Take out your little pencil so I see you write it down. I want to make sure you remember.
4: Of course. You
1: live at...
5: Can you read it aloud? I forgot my glasses.
1: You live at Avondale Avenue in Tiny Town.
5: Great, now. Don't you think you should go down to the train station and wait for your delivery of flowers?
2: That's him. Mm. That's Ed O'Brien. The audio tape that Ed O'Brien sent to Daniel Harrison. The one that he said was about 70 years old. Had Ed O'Brien on it. I got the chills at first. And then I got really angry. No, oh, she did. She was pissed off. I mean, this whole thing was a hoax cooked up by Edward O'Brien. And I, we'd mm. wasted hours on it, right? No. I mean, it
0: was good hoax, though. I
2: mean, Too good. He'd obviously created this recording and built up a mythology, as some form of attention grabbing. Like, people would do anything for a bit of attention. Like host a podcast. You are a live wire. So we decided we'd let it drop. Back to the normal, run of the mill, whatever happened to show. There were one hit wonders to look up. Do you remember a deep blue something? Yeah. What about breakfast at Tiffany's?
0: But, bush, but.
2: It's not a hoax. Or else, why would we be dragging you fine people here tonight? It's not over. Because let's not forget about Curious George. I think it was all of like
0: three days until I calmed down. There was no talking to her. I gave her a cooling off period. And then I reminded her about Curious George.
2: Yeah, so we were taking it that Edward O'Brien was screaming Banshee. Mm -hmm. Who had gone trawling through responses, four responses on this midnight message board? And if so, did Daniel Harrison, Curious George, ever speak to him again after that delusional playground incident?
0: I was hard at it while you spent those three days slamming cups up and down and banging doors like a big eejit. Come me some slack there, Laura. And, oh, I'd never spoken to Ed, but I had spoken to George. And that man was too terrified for this to be a hoax. This conversation I did record.
3: I thought you might ring again.
0: Thanks for answering, Daniel.
3: So do you want to go for that drink?
0: Maybe soon. Daniel, I did some research and I think Melody's story hour might be an elaborate hoax. That's...
3: That's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard.
0: I think it might have been cooked up by screaming Banshee and they were playing a trick on you.
3: Then what was that thing on the monkey bars in the playground?
0: You did say the sun was in your eyes.
3: You people!
0: Did you hear from screaming Banshee again? After what happened happened? Did you hear from-
3: What, like did I ring him? Of course I bloody
0: did! And did he answer?
3: No! No response! But then, I got a call back about 20 minutes later from his number. Was it him? No. It was. A policewoman. She asked who I was and if I knew the deceased.
0: Oh, Jesus.
3: He'd left his bag on the platform and stepped in front of a train. Oh, my
0: God. There
3: was a phone in the bag, but she said he had no numbers saved on it and no call history. So when I rang, it was. it was the first opportunity for them to trace who he was.
0: There were no other ways to identify him?
3: They. they said his. his body was bad. was in a bad way, but. somehow. not his head. Okay. They asked if I could identify the body. By his face.
0: But you didn't know what he looked like.
3: Oh no. I went. Sorry? I wanted to have a look. Are you still there? Yes. Do you want to know what I saw? Yes. <laughs> see? Oh, see? You're just the same as me. Acting all shocked and coy, but still wanting to know.
0: <laughs> Are you finished laughing?
3: It's me holding the cards now. Well, I did go down, and I did take a look. And I went into the room with the policewoman and she pulled back the sheet from his face.
0: What What did you see?
3: Barely any flesh left. Skin and bone. He looked old but he wasn't. He looked haunted. His hair was completely white. He looked. He looked the same as me. (laughs) Oh, I know what I look like, Miss Stokes. I know people like you would walk past me in the street. (laughs) I know we're never going to go for that drink. Because I look like I'm dead already. It's what happens when you're terrified to go to sleep. It's what happens when you can hear her voice saying hello in your room in the middle of the night. It's what happens when it's out of your control and you finally go unconscious at 4am because your body physically can't stay awake. And then you hear melody Right in your ear, saying hello. You don't want to hear that voice. You have no idea.
0: But I have heard it. You gave me the recording. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so
3: sorry. You seem like a nice person. I shouldn't have done that. I don't know if I'm awake or asleep all the time. I don't know what's real.
0: Do you think you should speak to someone, Daniel? Like a doctor? Get some help?
3: Oh, I'm going to help myself. Don't you worry.
2: Are you okay to keep going? Uh,
0: yeah. uh, well, we don't have much of a choice. Um, all these people have bought tickets, so let's get it done. Um, Daniel Harrison uh, hanged himself. Uh, two days after our call, I got a call from the police. Um, they had found his body in a park, hanging from a tree. And mine was the only number in his phone. Um, The police wanted to know if I knew anything about him because he was a loner with no connections. Um, I had nothing to tell them. Uh, Well, nothing that would make any sense anyway because the night he took his own life and please, I I swear I didn't know the time that he had, that that night he'd sent me an email with an audio file. That he wanted to share can we, can we just play it yeah sure
5: this is going to be the best tea party ever mr muffins cakes are delicious mrs milky's ice cream is in the first Stand there. Have you nothing to say?
3: Thank, thank you so much for the invite. I'm happy to be here.
5: Well, go inside. Don't just stand there, hanging around.
2: So the party goes on, and quite a few people attend some children. In the middle of the party, a dog runs in and causes some consternation, but that's pretty inconsequential. Because the audio of Melody's story hour that Daniel Harrison shared with Laura before he died... I had Daniel Harrison on the show. So Cacophonics. I think it's time, don't you, Laura? Mm. I think it's time we tell them about cacophonics. Um, not, not yet. I, I just, I, I feel a bit woozy.
0: These stage lights, uh, do you find them warm?
2: you um, give me your hand. Okay, you're very warm. Have some water, love. I finished my water. Okay, have my water. We're nearly there, okay? You good to continue? Yeah. Before, uh,
0: Before we get to cacophonics, can I tell the fine folk about this lovely dress I bought, especially for tonight? You do exactly what you want, love. Now, I was going to get a brand new outfit for tonight because it's our very first live episode. But I also had to because when I was picking out what to wear, nothing fit me anymore. Everything was a little too big. I've lost a lot of weight recently. And it's what... um, It's it's what... uh, It's
2: okay. It's okay. It's okay. No one's going anywhere. Take your time. It's what happens when
0: you can't eat and you can't really sleep. I mean, obviously, I look good now, but I don't think I will for much longer. You see, I'm really,
2: really frightened of going to sleep. Okay, so the audio that I'm about to play is from the end of Melody's Tea Party. And it's not the same.
0: Explain. After I listened to it, I emailed Meg the audio of the show that Daniel sent me. I shared the clip. But when she got it, it was different. It it had changed. Shall we? Yeah, okay.
5: Oh, my. Thank you all for coming. Haven't it been just the most wonderful afternoon? And what weather? Mrs. Holmes, did you enjoy yourself? Mrs. Holmes, please don't ignore me. I'm talking to you. That's it. Stop right there. Mrs. Holmes is the tiny town detective. She finds all the little cats and dogs and people that go missing. She finds all our secret things. Did you enjoy yourself, Mrs. Holmes?
0: Oh, I had just the best time I ever did have.
5: You ate a lot of cake, you greedy guts. I love cake so, so much. You love it so much, you are practically burning up. I hope it's not a fever.
0: I'm afraid to go home, Meg. Last night I thought she was in the room.
2: Time for cacophonics.
0: Yeah, it's time.
2: So when they found Daniel Harrison's body hanging from the tree, his bag was beside him. Just like when Ed O'Brien stepped in front of the train and they found his bag on the platform. Inside both bags, there was a notepad. And scribbled all over note. both those notepads was one word. Cacophonics. Now this was a lot easier to research than Melody's story hour. This was big.
0: Uh, Cacophonics is a very ancient deity in some cultures. In others, it is a demon. In others, it is a god. A child god. It has no visible shape. It exists only in audio. So a child god of sound. A child god of music. A child god of melody. The first mention of the child god was at a location called the Valley of the Waters. An ancient army called upon cacophonics before battle. And then, as they marched towards the battlefield, they took off all their shoes. They put down their weapons, their armor, anything that made sound. And over the hill came their enemies with their roars, their battle cries, their war anthems. And the enemies all died, gasping in silence, in madness, in terror. They were slaughtered before a single sword could be lifted against their foes, because they used their swords on themselves, and they killed themselves in
2: silence. See, after cacophonics was summoned, it would take whatever made the loudest sound. So first, cacophonics took the voice, then it took the mind, and then the hollow person left, finished the job themselves. It is said that cacophonics collected those voices it took in its vast library, like a library of stock sounds. And I think this was what attracted Ed's attention to our podcast and gave him this idea. The Wilhelm scream, one of the most famous stock sounds. The one scream we decided to play caused all of this. Oh, and in case you were still wondering, it's also what he was hinting at with the address and why it moved around. Because Avondale Avenue isn't really a real place. It's a callback. The slaughterhouse was a sheer coincidence. Avondale means the Valley of the Waters.
0: Cacophonics can't see. It can only hear. So whoever called upon cacophonics had to ensure their enemy spoke first or spoke louder. Take the attention off you and pass it to someone else because cacophonics is drawn by the most beautiful song or the loudest voice. But what is loudness? If we think about it, loudness can also be thought of as whoever's voice has the furthest reach.
2: Now, I didn't tell the lovely Rebecca, who runs this festival, why I thought Ed O'Brien contacted me. I also didn't tell her that after Laura shared that audio file with me. I started seeing things too. Things that only someone who's going crazy would see. I didn't tell her that I started to hear a voice saying, hello, in the night. I didn't tell her that I think Ed O'Brien contacted me so I'd play a melody story art to all of our listeners because our reach was further than Daniel Harrison's. My voice was louder. He has no listeners. We have thousands that maybe because I was louder, cacophonics would follow me.
0: ED O'Brien and Daniel Harrison, and possibly many, many people for years and years, tried to pass that attention on to someone else. I'm hoping that it can be done. I'm hoping that Daniel and Ed just ran out of
2: time. Because the melody show, the recording, it's alive. It's a living thing. When you listen, it listens back. When you listen, you make it aware of you. One more thing we didn't
0: tell all of you when you listened to Melody's story hour, when it listened back to you, is that sometimes what's louder than one voice is many. I'm going to share the file with you by mail, Meg, because every time it's shared, it's different. Every time a voice gets caught, it gets bigger. That last time, the audio file ended with Melody's Tea Party, and it ran at 59 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. Sent.
2: And there it is. Wow. The file is exactly one hour long. Let's just skip to the last 30 seconds. I think we're about to find out where Melody goes after her tea party. Let's play it.
5: Oh my, the circus is in town. Mm. Popcorn and peanuts and tasty acrobats. Golly, watch out for the elephants in case they trample you flat. Shush,
2: everyone, here's Ringmaster Roar. She always knows how to get a crowd going. I ask everyone in the audience to give a big cheer. Woo-hoo! You can do better than that. You know. Let's hear a few woo Woo-hoo! 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 Pass it on. God, I hope this works.
1: Michelle McMahon as Meg, Margaret McAuliffe as Laura, Liam Garrity as Ed, and Dunica O'D as Daniel. It was produced by Liam Garrity and written and directed by Peter Dunn and recorded live at the London Podcast Festival. You can keep updated with All Things Petrified on Twitter and Instagram at PetrifiedPod. Petrified is funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.